Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our topic again, we're going through this part four, prayer of, prayer of faith part four. Prayer of faith part four. James 5, 15. Prayer of faith part four. James 5, 15. Hallelujah. James 5.15, New King James Version says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick recap about the prayer and faith and all that we, when we started from, from part one. You know, we said that prayer is, you know, prayer has been thought about as a two-way communication but we we it is correct but prayer is is a constant contact with our heavenly father prayer is a love channel whereby you can you can cry out to him you can tell him exactly what's going on and he's not going to he's not going to push you out because you're crying he's not going to say ah no why are you crying it's a love language prayer is a love language it's a love channel is a channel that you could communicate. You can speak to your 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 father, who desires to hear from you. Prayer is not forced. No one should teach us how to pray. You know, when when you love somebody, you always desire to be in constant communication with the person. You are eager to you are eager to tell them everything. You never, you don't hold back. You want to, you 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 have an inch itch in your in your neck or in your leg. You want to tell them that. It's the same way. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three says, "I'm just doing a recap." But Psalm twenty-seven twenty, Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three says, "The Lord directs the steps of the godly; He delights in every detail of their lives." So God delights in every detail of our lives. He wants to he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. He wants to hear from you. You know, but you keep this you keep this in mind, you know. But I I want the Lord was saying was telling me again that, you know, he wants he wants this in a different was he wants you to go in a different way, this prayer of faith. For you to understand it a little differently. Um so Let's go to James 1, 22 to 25. James 1, 22 to 25. Because the, 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 key, the key is to understand, the key is to understand, relate this. There's no point talking spiritual or talking godly. This prayer of faith, but you need to also bring it down to earth, bring it down to an everyday thing, bring it down to what's going on now, to have a better understanding. How can I plug plug this what I'm teaching into my everyday life? So James one twenty two to twenty five. He says, "Don't, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do." what it says otherwise you'll be you are only f foolish 
Oh, you're only fooling yourself. I wrote something else. You're only fooling yourself. For you, but for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Let's look at another scripture. And I'm going to use this other scripture to kind of tie it together. Look at um, 2, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 All scripture is inspired of God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are, when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it's to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So when you kind of tie those two, two scriptures together, you understand something. You know, the thing that is the word of God is there to teach us what is right and what is wrong. You know, the purpose is to, the Bible says, is to prepare us for now and future. So so you look at this this, teach, this teaching, you know, in James 1, 22 to 25. It says, you glance yourself, you see yourself in a mirror, you see what it's what what the mirror says, then what happens? You walk away and forget what you look like. So the Lord was giving me an example of this, you know, and he says, supposing you know you attend a a, a, a seminar or a webinar and you keep attending it for two years for two years. Maybe the Lord wants you to do a real estate investment or some kind of investment or whatever it is. And the expectation is for you to basically do this investment. But you keep attending attend, attending what, all these seminars and, and you don't actually go and do it. What happens is that, you know, I, I tell you before I even move forward, you know, it happened to me because the Lord told me to go and do something, you know, and I, I kept on procrastinating. I said, nah, you know, I don't know whether it's, it's going to be possible. Fear sh- came in. Fear entered. And when fear comes in, you know, you no longer trust God anymore. So the Bible is saying that, look, we need to be what? Doers of the word of God. So what is what Bible is saying here is, you look at the, the mirror we're talking about here is the word. The word tells you what you're doing wrong and he tells you to do what there's ability for you to change what you're doing wrong you know so basically the bible says you should be doers of what the word of god not only what hearers so basically the word of god here is 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 the mirror all right he says we look at the mirror and the mirror tells you you're doing things wrong. You need to change this. Or you're doing things right. You need to do better. 
or you, let's put it in practical terms. You look in the mirror and you have a job interview and you see that your 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 hair is is bushy or your hair is is not is not in a proper fashion for this job interview. You look at the mirror, you see that your hair is not properly made or you're not looking presentable. What happens? You're supposed to correct yourself right there because you know you're going for the interview. But can you imagine if you decide, ah, it's okay, and you just keep moving? And that's why the Bible says that, look at what it says in James 1, that James 1.25. It says, you see yourself and walk away and forget what you, what you look like. It says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, don't forget what you have heard. So basically he's saying, do not forget what you've heard, what you've seen. God is talking to you, saying, do this. Pray, pray of faith. God is saying, you can pray, but you need to pray by faith. And now you go there and start praying, and you think God is going to answer if you don't walk by faith. So I'm just saying that most of the time, we, 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 we need to understand that personally I believe that sometimes when we don't see things, when God is not maybe you've been praying and praying and praying and you don't see the answer you need to go back to God and say what is the issue? Am I praying by faith? Am I not praying by faith? It's some kind of adjustment you need to do. You need to adjust yourself maybe, maybe you know, he will tell you okay, you're not doing this one, this is how you're supposed to do it like I like I give you an example, you know, the Lord wanted me to do the Lord wanted me to do um this investment. All right. And for me I put it off. I put it off. I said, nah, I don't think it's going, you know, what's the point? But what happened was let me tell you how God all does his own things. I he, he doesn't he doesn't push you to the edge. One day, somebody asked me to come and talk in a church business meeting. And the only thing that came up in my mind to talk about was fear. That was all I wanted to go and talk about. In a church business, business, like, call it business forum, where all the businesses come together, all the people that have businesses in the church, they come together and we we encourage ourselves in the word. So I, I I what I thought was fear. And by the time I was done teaching about fear, I then understood that God was talking to me. That I was afraid. So you you, you see what I'm what I'm talking about? You are you're going to God, you're you're afraid, you've been praying, God, I need to do whatever, you know. And God kind of, you ask God, what, what, is, what is preventing this thing from happening? He, he will explain it to you and tell you, you need to do a little fine tuning. So for me, it was, it was all about the fear. The fear prevented me from moving forward. And as soon as I understood that that was the, the problem, I then got a hold of it. And do what? I took the step took the bold step. I said, you know what, forget it. This is not going to hold me back. So, 
it's something that we need to have an understanding of. So now let's, how, how can we relate this information to our everyday life? How can we practicalize or give practical examples? Or how can we apply this teaching of prayer of faith? So one of the questions that, you know, kind of, the Lord kind of asked me was, how can I pray or have faith for a job during this pandemic? I've lost my job, you know, or they laid me off. How can, how, how can I get another job? Or how can I even feed my family? What's the, what's the way? You know, we're talking about prayer of faith. How can I relate prayer of faith and plug it into the aspect of getting a job? And that's one thing he asked me. He says, what, what, what do you think is the answer? He said, we should talk about it. We should have a conversation about it. So, uh, you know, and the Lord was saying that, so he, I said, okay, so what's the answer? So he now says, okay, look at what it is. He said, before, before we start praying for anything, we need to search the Bible for the particular verse or scripture. So, like for instance, I, I told you last, in part three, last Thursday, that during... I think it was the 2008 um, um, economic downturn. I used the scripture, Psalm 37, 19. And you can use it too. Psalm 37, 19 says, They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than what? Enough. Some places, some verses says you will have plenty. So you start to you start to let me read another one that the Lord the Lord put down there. You know, it says Psalm 23, verse 1. We know it. But look at it in different translations. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. So what do you do when you you have you have these two scriptures? Before you start to pray, you see, what happens is that we tend to want to pray right away regarding this but without the revelation of it your prayer is basically you're just throwing this prayer up in the air and it's like you're allowing it to fall anywhere so the key is what i did during that um economy downtown in 2008 was that i took i didn't take some 23 the lord just put this 23 here but i took this 37 19 some 37 19 and I started to think about it. I started to, I memorized it, one. Two, I started to juggle it in my mind, in my heart. I started to think about it. I started to pray about it, like, God, what does it really mean by, you know, in times of famine, I have more than enough? What does that really mean? Then, what happened was, when I started to, when I started to, you know, think about it, meditate on it, I started to say, whoa, but we are in hard times now. We're going through hard times now. We're going through famine. There's economic downturn. People are losing their jobs. I said, 
But God says, I'll have more than enough. You know, there's a translation, I think it's New King James or King James Version. He says, your shelves will be full. Amazing. He says, your shelves will be full. So I started to, and so what then happened was, I now took that scripture and I started to declare that my shelves will be full. I started to declare, now you have a better understanding of how to pray. I started to declare that my job, they will not lay off anybody. I started to declare that my job will prosper. I started to declare that no weapon whatsoever fashion. Because what happened? Revelation came through. I got revelation of the word. Don't forget the Bible says the entrance of the word brings what light. So what happened? There was darkness in my heart at first. I was fearful. I was like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. So what happened was, you know, I, I was anxious. You know, depression almost set in because I was like, Am I, is the company going to get laid off? You know, but what happened? This is true. I'm telling you. You know, I then, it's like fate rose up within me. Faith rose up within me knowing that, yes, I have this. I will have more than enough. I started to pray now with the revelation that I had about the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because most times what happens is that we tend to pray, say, God, you know, this is what your word says. Uh, my, you know, what... Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. You start to pray regarding that. Oh yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. The Lord is... But what happens is, you're just praying without revelation. But what happened was, I was praying with revelation. That's Rema. You were, I was starting to pray, saying, God, I thank you because we will have more than enough. I thank you because... Our shelves are full. I thank you because even in this, I will get promoted. I said to declare these things. And as I was declaring it, I became more excited. I was like, whoa, whoa, this is great. Do you know, like I said that time, do you know that the bonus that I got was like, whoa, the job did more. The job prospered. The company prospered. You know, the Bible says, Joseph, and that's when I then understood, the Bible says that Joseph prospered in Potiphar's house. Why did Joseph prosper in Potiphar's house? It was because of Joseph that Potiphar prospered. That's what the Bible says. Read it. So because you're there, your company prospers. So you're looking for a job. Let's move it. Let's go, come down here. You're looking for a job. And you hear this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. So it means that even, even though you, you just lost your job, there are still companies out there that are hiring. There are still companies out there that are saying, I will hire you. Do you know that in my company today, they are hiring supervisors. They are hiring managers. Do 
They are hiring managers. They are hiring supervisors. So the thing about it is, can you imagine if you got laid off as a manager and you start to pray this prayer and you start to say, God, I thank you. In hard times, I have more than enough. You start to praise God for it. You don't get depressed. You don't go in the aspect of depression. You start to get encouraged. You start to, you start to, the faith arises in you. What happens? You start looking for job because you say, no, this is not my portion. Because God says, you remind God. This is what you said. That in hard times and what? He says, they would not be disgraced. You said, God, God, he said, I will not be disgraced. My neighbors are looking at me. I'm a Christian. I will not be disgraced. My neighbor that, does, that is not a Christian, he has a job, but me that is a Christian, I don't have a job. Lord, I will not be disgraced. You will, you will stand for me. You would. That's when the excitement comes. That's when you now see God working for you. Because now you see somebody that what? Believes his word. We see somebody that knows his word. Praise the Lord. So it's different from it's different from basically praying using using the scripture and praying basically without the revelation. We need the revelation of the word, then you use the revelation of the word to pray. That's why the Bible says the entrance of the word brings light. So in the darkness you bring the word, light shows up, and when light shows up, what happens? You start to pray according to the light that you have. Praise the Lord. So you, you see that, you know, and what, what happens, like I, I said before, I said, I said to us that when I was, when I was trying, God told me to go and do some investment, Fear showed up. And what's fear? Fear says false evidence appearing real. What's the false evidence? What happens is you see the economy is tanking. It's going downhill. And you, 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 you start to panic. You see joblessness at an all-time high. And before you know it, you start to worry. And before you know it, fear shows up. And the Bible says, no, get rid of the fear. It's a false evidence. It appears real. It, it seems real, but it's false. Look at, that is not the truth. The truth is, in times of famine, I'll have more than enough. That's the truth. So you hold on to the truth. You hold on to it. And let me tell you something. Because it says false evidence appearing real, is that you have to stand. You have to be tenacious. You have to be, 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 
be insistent that I'm not going to look at that false evidence appearing real. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to try to, 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 to understand it. All you just know is what? What God has said. So, I'll give you an example. If you're watching CNN or Fox or, or MSNBC or whatever channel, and they're talking about the, the, the uh, now we have like 60 million people out of job. What out of a job? What do you do? You change the channel. <laughs> you change the channel. Why? Because that's a false evidence appearing real. Because the devil wants to use that fear, wants to bring fear in your heart. And when he brings fear in your heart, you're done. So the key is to do what? Get the revelation and start to thank God. It starts to thank God because that's the revelation. The revelation gives you the ability to know that this is what God has said. You start to thank God for it. And say, yes, Father Lord, I thank you because this is what you said. Let, let, let's, give it, let, let's look at an example of, 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 some, of somebody in the Bible that something like this happened to. Let's look at uh, Genesis Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Verse 1 to 4 and 12 to 14. 1 to 4. It says, a severe famine. You see what I'm saying? Famine. Now struck the land as had happened before Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Ger, he says, where Abimelech, king of Wo, the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. You know why he told him to not go down to Egypt? Because that's what his father did. Went down to Egypt. So in his mindset, his father went to Egypt, most likely that's where it is. Because that's where the Traders go. Egypt was more of a, 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 a marketplace, a, a place that you do a lot of trading, buying and selling. So people, people go to Egypt because that's where they think that's where prosperity is. But do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I'll be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I'll give all these lands to your, you and your descendants, just as I somebody promised Abraham, what's your father? He says, I will cause your descendants to come as to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all this land. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be what? Blessed. Let's look at 12 to 14. He says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man. His wealth continued to grow. He acquired many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants. 
that the Philistines what became jealous of him. So the so the key, the key is this: the Lord said to him, "Don't go down there." Why? He had the revelation. When God says to him, do not go down there, the talking about, think about it, is equivalent to taking the word and asking the Holy Spirit, open my eyes to it. You have the revelation. The revelation tells you, you have more than enough. So he had the revelation saying, do not go down to Egypt. Normally, if we didn't know God, normally, if we didn't consult God, Normally, if we didn't walk by faith, what will happen? We'll go to Egypt. We'll go to Egypt because we feel that's the uh, the proper place to go. Because that's a place that I will prosper. But the thing is, what happened? The Lord says to him, do not go there. Let me, let me tell you something. If you read this scripture, you would think, I, 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 I plead with you, go and read from that 4 all the way down to 12 before he became rich. He didn't just get rich right away. There was, he had problems. Each time he, he, he tried to dig a well, they came, enemies of uh, progress came and did what? Closed it. And they were fighting him. And finally, he went somewhere else and dug a, and now he now sowed a seed and did what? And he prospered. You know, that seed we're talking about, you know, there are many, in this in this content, he sowed a seed of the word. We sow a seed of the word. We sow the seed of the word. And don't forget, like I said, the Bible says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God brought the increase. This is what he did. He sowed a seed. We sow a seed by speaking the word. God gives us a revelation. We start, to, we start to thank God for the word. We're watering it. And God brings the increase. And that's what happened to, 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 to Isaac. Isaac did so well. There's a translation that says he became rich and became very, very rich. He was rich. Because why? What did he do that was extraordinary? He listened to God. We carry God in us. So the key is that, the key in that aspect is that we need to listen when, like I said, I'll repeat this. When you take the word, you need to get the revelation of the word. Then you use that revelation to pray. Use that revelation to to pray because now you have the revelation. You start to thank God. And that's your prayer. You start to thank God for his word. That do, did what? That, sh that you shined light into that circumstance. So you have an understanding how to pray. So then the other thing we need to, we need to know also is that we need to refuse to accept the status quo. We, 
we refuse. There's, it has to be a refusal to accept what is going on. This man called Isaac, he refused to allow Abimelech to dominate him. He kept on doing what? He signed the clothes, he, he kept on. He kept on looking for, because God says, I'm going to bless you here. Stay right there. I'm going to bless you. So the thing about it is what I'm trying to say is, you're looking for a job. Okay? The first job you apply to, and they don't give you an opening. You don't just throw in the towel and say, ah, God didn't want me to get the job. It won't work now. This is not, God says to me, you know, he will give me, this is going to happen now. The question I have to ask you is, David, when God said you're going to be king, said he was going to be king, was he king right away? It took a while. When Abraham, in Genesis 12, God says, I've blessed you with, you blessed you, you're, you're, you're the father of many nations. Was he, was he, did he, become, did he become father of many nations right away? No. It's a process. But it's a process of what you being, you saying, I refuse. You saying, I refuse to accept the status quo. I refuse to accept what is going on. So for you to get that job, you need to refuse what is going on. You need to refuse what, they are, what you need to dispute it by the word. You need to say, no, but I'm not agreeing with that word. I'm not agreeing with what the word of God is, the, 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 the TV is saying, or the media is saying, or, or, or Trump, or President Trump, or whoever it is. You refuse to do what? Accept it. I refuse. We need to purposefully ignore what is going on. Is a, a purposefully thing. We need to focus our, our, our eyes on the truth, the revelation that God gave you. Jesus demonstrated that so well in the, with the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. The next morning, what happened? He refused to look at the fig tree to see whether it worked or not, whether it died or not. He, there was a refuser. The only people that, the only person that was Peter, his, his disciples that said, ah, my manager, Rabbi, look at the fig tree. He has finally died. Meanwhile, Jesus refused to look at it. There has to be a time that you refuse to look at what's going on. You, you have to come make up your mind to refuse it. And the other thing we, we need to also have an understanding is this. You need to tell the devil to stay away from your finances. Because it's him. This pandemic is, is devilish. So it's him that is trying to cause harm and havoc. So you need to tell him to stay away from your finances. And ask the angels of God to bring your finances back. 
We have the power to co command angels to do that. As you do it, you need to make up your mind not to try to figure it out. What our problem is that we tend to want to figure out how is God going to do it. God never told us to figure it out. He never told us how this is how you're going to figure this out. This is how it's going to work. He never said for one day in the... There's no place I've read that it says this is... God says you, to, you need to figure it out. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, even if you throw me down, throw me in this uh, place, this fiery furnace, I'm not going to... I'm not going to bow down to your God. If I perish, I perish. They refused to accept the status quo. They refused to bow down. They also decided, I am not going to do it. They didn't fear death. They didn't fear it. <laughs> there was no fear for it. They stood their ground. And because they stood their ground, God came to their rescue. Let me ask you a question. If God told you to go to the Middle East where they are killing Christians, would you go? Or would you say, ah, God, hey, that's a hard, uh, it's a hard thing. Or you start to think about all the people that have they been killed. And you know, the devil is so wicked, he will bring that same week, the media will start to run all the, the killings, all the Christians that have been killed in, in the Middle East. And you start to think about it. And you start to say, ah, no, 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 no. You start to conclude, maybe the God, I didn't hear from God anymore. Fear sets in. The fear of death sets in. The fear of death. What did Paul say? Paul says, If it's, to, if it's to die, to God be the glory. If it's to live, for me, is a, death is even better. But because of you, I want to be here. That's what he said. Because of you. Because I want to make you, I want you to grow. I want to be here. But for me, death is okay. But Christians now, we are afraid of dying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should go outside and just stay on the, on the, on the highway so that a cow will kill you. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to be, we need to be tenacious. We need to be arrogant. Not arrogant. Arrogant is a bad word. We need to be, we need to be, we need to, we need to know without a shadow of doubt that God will take care of us. You need to have that in your mind and not move no matter what is going on. Praise the Lord. Our dependence should be on God alone. You and I should, should basically disregard how God is going to do it. 
Because when you start to try to figure out how he's going to do it, he will leave you alone to figure it out. Because now you have allowed the enemy to come and help you to figure it out. But when you allow him to figure it out, basically you say, God, my job is to stay in the world. My job is to thank you. Oh, that's my job. But it's you that will make it grow. Remember there's a, there's a Bible verse in, in Mark, I think it's Mark 4. It says, the farmer planted, he went to bed, he went to sleep, and the what? The crop grew. And he says, he did not know how it happened. All he knew was he, the thing grew. But us, we will be awake. We want to find out, God, how are you going to make it happen? God says, it's my business to make it happen. So all you just have to do is to relax. Now let's let's flip. Let's ask a quick question, real quick. The second question was: Is that you might you might say that you're coughing and sneezing, and you start to say maybe I have coronavirus, or you might say you have coronavirus, or you get tested and you have coronavirus. How can I solve this? How does this relate? The key, the key, the two things here is that the Bible says life and death is the power of the tongue. We need to watch what we say. That's one. Two, you know, if you feel that you have some form, you're coming down with some kind of sickness, call the doctor. Talk to him. But at the same time, when you call the doctor, stop saying the fact, but say the truth. In the sense of, stop saying what is going on. Don't forget, fear is what? Fear is what? False evidence appearing real. So what is happening is, you're looking at what is going on now, and what? And you're speaking those things that is going on now instead of speaking what the word of God says. So switch to the truth of the word. And start to pronounce yourself healed. Use the same process that we said. Take the word and start to what? Meditate on it. And start to you know, start to meditate on it, start to think about it. And when you start to think about it, you will see that faith will arise. And you now know that, no, 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 no. This is not a death sentence, even though people are saying it is. You might have underlining, whatever, whatever, condition, but it doesn't mean that you're going to die. It doesn't mean that you're going to die. And like I said, you need to refuse. Whether it's you are getting symptoms or you, you have it, if you're getting symptoms, you need to refuse that you have it. You need to take the word and say, no, 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 I don't have it. Or if you now have it, you need to now say to God, I am healed of it. You need to thank God for your for your healing. 
I'll give you an example. There's one time I went to I went to I went to um, uh, um, the emergency room. I was very sick. I won't say I'm very very, very sick, but I, I drove to I drove from work. I wasn't feeling so well, and I, and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to what's the emergency room? No, it wasn't emergency room. It was um, Medimerge in Bambrook. So I went to that Medimerge in Bambrook, and I was laying down there, and the place was full. It's a lot of people. So they put me in some hallway place, you know. So I was, as I was there waiting for the doctor to come, you know, I decided, you know what, let me play some music. Praise and worship music. Even though I was, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm playing the music. And I started to get what? I started to get encouraged. The word of God, it's like, they were singing, praising God. I was like, wow, I need to join in. I said to praise God. And as I started to praise God, I started to think about my healing. And I started to praise God for my healing. Then what happened? The doctor came. They did all the tests possible. They said they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Praise the Lord. And what happened? They said, go home. Maybe you might be tired. Go home and rest. And that's what exactly what happened. There was no form of illness in my body. Why? Because of that particular thing. Praising God. You're just praising God. You start to praise God. And that's what that's what God, God inhabits. He, he wants you to praise Him. Praise the Lord. So what am I what are you saying and believing about what is going on with you? The devil wants you to attribute it to something. He wants the symptom, but he wants you to call it by name. He wants you to say it by name. He wants you to say this is coronavirus. He wants you to talk about it. He puts fear in your heart. And the fear, you have one small symptom, you, you, you give it that fear for you to now blot it out. Now you've called it by name. And you cannot take it back anymore because you've called it by name. You say, ah, I have this. Instead of you saying, nope, I refuse. This is not my portion. And don't go doing any tests because as soon as you start doing a test, it means that you believe that you have it. That's why you're doing a test. You see how the, the, the enemy corners you? He corners you and says, but why can't you go and do a test to just to make sure? You should go and do a test. You know, without your doctor examining you. Because it could be allergy. It could be that your ghost going through allergy, summer allergy. Pollen. And you, you think, it is, then you carry yourself and you say, I'm going to go and do, maybe I think I have COVID. And you'll be calling everybody, I think I have COVID. The, the, the power of the mouth. We need to be careful. Finally, the best way to tackle that is in found in, in Philippians 4. Verse 8. Philippians 4. 
Let's eat and it's good. I didn't write it down. I just Philippians four verse eight. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we one final thing: fix your thoughts on what is what true, on the word, and honourable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, and what worthy of what praise. This is what we need to think about. We need to think about, instead of thinking about the doom and gloom, the thinking about famine, thinking about stocks that are going down, thinking about things that, yes, they are real, but is it true? The truth is that you have more than enough. The truth is that you're healed. The truth is that God is your provider. The truth is that the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Praise the Lord. You cannot, you cannot be saying this with us if you don't know Jesus. The first thing for you to, for you to come out of what is going on, for you to be more than conquerors, for you to be victorious, for you to walk in victory all the time, instead of being a victim, but being a victor, you need to know who Christ Jesus is. You need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So, so all, you, all you have to do is to pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I rose from the dead. I turn my, I don't turn from my evil, my sins. Sorry. I invite you to come into my heart. I am my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You are now born again. You now you you're now a child of God. You're now a son of God. I encourage you to go to a church that reads the Bible, that uplifts Jesus, that speaks about him. And be fed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.